Welcome to the Philby and Bendy Show. I'm Philby. And I'm Bendy, here with our newest Penn State Master Gardener, Phil Business. Congratulations. What up? It's a pretty big deal around these parts. Now, explain what you had to do to become a Master Gardener. I took a class from October till November, and then we took a break for Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's, and then the second week of January until March and then 50 hours of volunteer time. I had 127 the last time I checked. Now what's the difference between a regular gardener and a master gardener? Right there, the class and the volunteer time. So it's just the master title. Yes, it's Jedi Master compared to Jedi. Very nice. This is a good time to announce that. This following podcast is brought to you by the delicious taste of alcoholic cider. Also known as strong cider, is that what? It's? Hard cider. Hard cider. Hard excuse cider. me. The original type of hard cider, or the original type of cider. Back in the day, when they were making cider as colonists, there was no refrigeration, so the way you preserve things is you made them alcoholic. Is that so? Johnny Appleseed spread apples to make hard cider, not soft cider. Now, is that a fermentation deal? Yes, here? it's a fermentation, just like beer. Okay. Now, earlier to get a little loose and conversational, we had the woodchuck fall which I thought was delicious. It had hints of nutmeg and cinnamon, if you will. Uh, now, I am drinking the woodchuck raspberry, which is pretty pretty good as far as woodchucks go. But I'm I would, not a fan. Well, I would argue to say that both of our favorite cider in general is the woodchuck limited edition Belgian white cider. What are you drinking right now? Drinking the Strongbow Cider, which is the Budweiser of England. They drink it there as often as we drink Budweiser here. Well, so we've been told. So we've been told. That's what I read. Now, I was at a bar in Shadyside, and they mixed a Strongbow and a Red Bull, which is probably a very diluted drink, and they called that a Strongbow, which is pretty clever, and I thought that was delicious as well. So if any of you listeners out there would like to try that, that is something that I would highly recommend. And while we're on the topic of alcohol, we were at a party last night, because we go to lots of crazy parties and whatnot, and... This idea came from the Always Sunny Intervention episode where they are undercover drinking wine out of a can. Of Coke. Yes, a Coke, Coke can. A Diet Coke can, if, I, if my memory serves correct. And the genius idea that was uh, brought to our attention last night was wine in a mug. Philby, if you could uh, perform the jingle, the little ditty that you thought up to advertise this beauty. Last night, I thought up the jingle, It's Not Joe, What Do You Know? And it goes like this. It's not Joe, what do you know? Trademark, Philip Bowerly, September 22nd, 2012. We'd like to point out that no one else has thought of this yet, and that jingle was brought to you entirely by Philby. Thank we'll you very keep, much. Yeah, we'll be keeping our eyes out for that. You'll be hearing from my lawyers. Now, let's get serious for a second. What do you actually think of the idea of wine in a mug? Um, I would buy into that if I could be a ground floor investor. Uh, I wouldn't mind making $20 million a year. But do you think people would invest in that? Why couldn't they just DIY, do it yourself? Oh, well, but you make your own... Cu- We're making mugs, or the, or the plan is to make mugs with more of an alcohol theme. It's not going to be a world's best grandma mug that you got from a Goodwill. So what you're saying is this mug will advertise what you're drinking on the outside. Now, doesn't that defeat the purpose? It's, it'll be a fun twist on things. and It'll say, it's not Joe, trademark Philip Bowerly 2012, on the outside. Okay, I can buy that. So it's like something that's going to be sweeping the nation of colleges and fraternities across the nation. Exactly. All right. Yeah, I could see that skyrocketing. $20 million. We'd also like to point out that these are sturdier than wine glasses, and 
it's not really the fact that you're trying to hide the fact that you're drinking, am I right? I mean, because obviously you Correct. can see the white or right. red wine in there. It's just a matter of changing up the standard wine glass scene. Right, so anyone who wants to get on the ground floor of this revolutionary product should get in touch with us. Now, that's a good segue into this next segment. Uh, Philby would like to take the floor and talk for a minute about his new favorite show, Revolution. Philby. Revolution is set up where the electricity goes out in everything and the viewer doesn't really know what's going on yet because they haven't revealed that but it's pretty crazy it's got a end of the world kind of theme to it with militias and stuff like that but uh, it's so far pilot episode I'll, I'll give it a chance why not now in the pilot episode do they explain how all the electricity in the world goes out no. how no generators seem no. to function it's just electricity done. That's it. Cars stopped in the middle of the road. Everything just done. So now this is J.J. Abrams, if I'm... I think I'm correct on this. I'll have to look it up. But I think it's J.J. Abrams who had a hand in creating this. Do you think this is going to be like Lost, where they're just going to make it up as they go? I think it's going to be well scripted at least seasons one, and if they get renewed, probably season two, three, and then after that they'll probably start winging it. I mean, you had to think they've learned their lesson by now after... I hope so. ...getting scathing reviews for the last couple seasons of Lost. I mean, it had its strong points. 1549-0456. Those were just the random numbers in Lost. Nuh-uh. Oh, I don't know. I didn't watch Lost. I thought you did. No, I didn't watch Lost. Well, that just ruins an entire segment idea right there. (laughs) Now, while we're on the subject of entertainment, I want to talk about something we've both been anticipating and that just came out, the new Mumford & Sons album. Babel? Is it Babel or Babel? Babel. Because in the first song, Babel, they pronounce it Babel. British American. Is that the difference? Uh, That's my assumption. I suppose that would be the difference. Now, my favorite tracks uh, are as follows. I like the single I Will Wait, and I like the three other songs, Ghosts That We Knew, Hopeless Wanderer, and Below My Feet. So if you're a cheapskate and you're just downloading a few songs, those are the songs to download. Would you agree? I would agree with those. The cover is also... It's interesting. It took me a couple listens to realize it was a cover. What What is a cover? Uh, the actual cover of the album or a song? The song. Wow, which song was it? The Boxer. Yes, that one. And uh, it took formerly me, done by Simon and Garfunkel. That one. And it took me a couple listens to be like, I've heard the song before. Not by Mumford & Sons. Now, their first album was pretty awesome. Do you think this compares to it? It's... It's more of an even slice. I'd say it's more... The other songs, each one of them was so powerful. I think these songs are much more balanced. And I mean, if you're going to cover a Simon Garfield song, it better damn well be uh, Cecilia. Yeah. Well, I'd also like to point out that that cover is only part of the deluxe edition. So if you have no interest in that, save yourself a dollar. And I would say this compares favorably with Sign No More, too, because... Sino More had a lot of highs, and there were a few songs that dragged that I would skip every time. But I think this new album, Babel, as a whole... I didn't skip any songs. Yes. I didn't. Well, Phil did not skip any songs. Let the record show. (laughs) Well, I didn't skip any songs in Babel. I'm saying in Sino More. I know. I didn't skip any in Sino More. Okay. Babel, I have. All right. Fair enough. Well, in Babel, I think that it flows, and they definitely did not hit a sophomore slump, and I hope they make a stop in Pittsburgh. They probably will not. Oh, that would be sweet if they stopped in Pittsburgh. Well, if they are within 100 miles, I'm sure we will both be going to see them. Enough with the music and on the movies. Ben, I hear you've seen two new movies recently. What were they? It's funny. I have seen two new movies. The 
First one I saw, I saw this last week, last Wednesday, they had an advanced sneak preview of the movie The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Now, this is based on a book, which is also based in Pittsburgh, so naturally they filmed it here. Weather City, would you film a movie in? After The Dark Knight Rises, of course. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a, it's a early 90s, coming-of-age high school movie, which, if you're rolling your eyes right now, you have every right to until you see it and realize that the movie is spectacular, great acting, Emma Watson pulls off a great American accent. Differences between the book and the movie, drastic, minimal? No, because the author of the book also directs and produces the movie, which I don't know how many times that have, that has happened in cinema history, probably less than ten times, I would care. But the movie itself is great, all the actors are great, and... Uh, even though it's PG-13, which I don't see a ton of PG-13 movies, it was originally rated R, and they had to petition to have it reduced to PG-13. Because it's a teen book. Yeah, but if you read the book, it's a quick read. I think you should read it. You have about a week till it comes out in Pittsburgh. I would highly recommend reading the book before you see it. It's only maybe a little less than 200 pages, so you could probably read it within a day. And what was the other movie you saw, you said? The second movie I saw, and this just came out Friday, you can see it at the Squirrel Hill Manor if you're in Pittsburgh, and I think it's also at the waterfront before it goes to more theaters. It's called The Master, and this is the movie with Philip Seymour Hoffman and Joaquin Phoenix that kind of mirrors Scientology. Have you heard about this movie? I heard a little bit about it, but do explain more. Well, tell me your preconceived notions before. Um, essentially, I heard it was an analogous story to the, dis- the creation of Scientology. What was the, I mean, what's the true essence? You could say that's right. Now, this is Paul uh, Thomas Anderson, I think is his full name. And he only directs about one movie every four years. His last movie was There Will Be Blood. But this one, I don't know if it, that's the weird thing about this movie is you can't really pinpoint what exactly it's about, which is kind of the cool thing about seeing it because most movies have a beginning, an end, the main character learns something, everyone leaves for the better. But this one, it, it's uh, Joaquin Phoenix coming back with PTSD from World War II, latching on to Philip Seymour Hoffman's crazy Scientology-like religion, and it just kind of follows them on their downward path, as, whereas Philip Seymour Hoffman's skyrocketing in followers and Joaquin Phoenix is just degrading himself and left in the dust, it seems. Pretty much, and his performance is just crazy. I mean, I don't know how he didn't get hurt filming this because there's just some pretty, some pretty wild and raunchy scenes within this movie that they'll make you wince and it'll make you think about it though. So that's pretty cool. It's a movie that makes you think. Yeah. So if you don't like movies that make you think, go see The Trouble with the Curve, starring Clint Eastwood and H. Hare. <laughs> now, this being Oscar season, where everyone's just putting out their top-notch movies right before the end of the year. There's a few movies that we want to talk about that we're really excited about, the first of which is Looper. Uh, so how much do you know about this movie? I've seen the trailer. Yeah, and I would say the same. I mean, this is a movie that you kind of, or at least in my opinion, you want to stay as much away from spoilers as you can. You hear good things about it, and you just want to go in cold. I would say so. And from what I've gathered from the plot, it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He is an assassin who his company brings people from the future back to his point in time for him to kill, and where they kind of throw a wrench into it is that they bring his future self, played by Bruce Willis, back to him, except he fails to kill himself, and they are both chasing each other throughout the movie, is what I've gathered, but it just that's probably just skimming the surface. I can't wait to see the full thing. And now, the movie that you said you were pretty excited about is the new 007 movie. What's that movie called? 007 Skyfall. 
which is interesting because they actually got some reputable actors besides Daniel Craig. They have director Sam Mendes, who did American Beauty, one of my favorite movies, and they got the bad guy from No Country for Old Men, who was terrifying. I think his name's Javier Bardem. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's terrifying. Yeah, and I also have no idea about the plot of this either, so I will be excited to see how they pull it off. It's just a continuation from the last one. It, they're, they're sticking with that main bad guy and keep going. Now, do you like that better than just one-off movies? Oh, it's it's just it's a much more classic style of Bond. Instead of the new bad guy, new movie, the it's just like when they were making them against the Soviets back in the '60s. Yeah. Now, what was the second Bond movie that came out after Casino Royale? Uh, Do you remember what that was called? It was forgettable. Yeah, exactly. I can't even think of the name, but it wasn't that good. I think it came out in the middle of the writer's strike, which is why it had no discernible plot. But it really seems like they're going to be back on their game with this one. I hope so, for James Bond's sake. Yeah, and for Daniel Craig, because he is the probably the perfect Bond. Would you argue that he is the best Bond? Uh, after Roger Moore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trolling. I would say definitely Sean Connery's number one. Do you think Christian Bale's number one Batman? Uh, Christian Bale... I, or, I like Christian Bale, yeah. Who's number two? Michael Keaton? Oh, Pittsburgh's Michael Keaton own. easily, yeah. Michael Keaton easily. Yeah. I would agree with both of those statements. The third movie we'd like to talk about is Argo, directed by Ben Affleck, who seems to be rejuvenating his career. I'd say, and this looks like, uh, it's, it'd be a good way to rejuvenate your career with a script that's already written for you being based on true events. Right, and also, I mean, even the town seems like just something that he could have written himself. This is, but this movie Argo, the first movie not based in Boston, pretty far cry from Boston being based in Iran, I guess it's the semi-true story of... U.S. diplomats being held hostage there in Iran, and I guess it's the, the... It's a ploy to get them out. Yeah, they're making a fake science fiction movie, which is true. I guess they had a fake script, they had fake everything, fake directors that they brought there. So it's the story of them trying to extract them. And I'm excited for it as well. And I'm excited for it. I've seen 10 or 12 movies this summer, and that's more than I've seen in the past five years of my life. It's been a good summer for movies, as referenced by our last podcast, but when you see Avengers, then... <laughs> then your summer movie. Then the conversation can continue. <laughs> you know, a lot of people. Our feedback from our last podcast were shocked that you haven't seen the Avengers either. They even liked my reaction <laughs> to you having not seen it. So you need to watch it by the next time we do this, so we can actually talk about it. All right. And the last movie that we're both uh, very thrilled about. Anything Quentin Tarantino does, we'd be thrilled about. He could make a movie with stick figures, and I would pay probably ten dollars to see it. Is Django Unchained? The D is silent. Starring Jamie Foxx and a white supremacist slave owner, Leonardo DiCaprio. The, oh, I think that's that one from the meme. Uh, yeah, that one I'm excited for. That's the one the meme's from. Oh, the Leonardo DiCaprio yeah, memes. Yeah, There's some funny Leo DiCaprio memes online. I'm, I mean, they're old. They're referencing Titanic, but I'm just catching up to this whole meme scene. Yeah, Philby's about uh, a year behind on the memes, but... Year and a half. He's finding great pleasure in uh, discovering all of them right now. So if you have any good memes... Post them on Philby's wall. He loves memes. Just bombard his wall with Cat good memes. Catbreading has to be my favorite meme recently. Can't argue with that. I love catbreading <laughs> myself. Now it's time for everyone's favorite segment. It's time for Ask Philby Anything. Now I, I thought that it was a little unfair last time that I just put Philby in the limelight the whole time. I put him on the spot for some of these. And the last one was completely unscripted. We're a little more on the ball this time, but... I'm going to start out and ask him one, and he will get an opportunity to ask me one. Full disclosure again, these are the 
Chuck Klosterman, excuse me, hypotheticals. They are just 50 question flashcards used to engage in conversations such as we are doing now. So this first one is called Earth versus the Moon. The question is, Philly, you have won a prize. The prize has two options, and you can choose either, but not both. The first option is a year in Europe with a monthly stipend of $2,000. The second option is 10 minutes on the moon. Which option do you select? I'm going to the moon. No, just hands down. No thought about it. Yeah, 10 minutes on the moon. I mean, look. What would you people... do with your 10 minutes on the moon? You would take a few pictures. I'm taking a couple photos of Earth. I'll probably a couple drop profile a, pictures. Drop a golf ball. Play. Yeah, definitely some prof pics. Memeing myself. You know, MySpace pictures on the moon. Memeing yourself on the moon. Memeing myself on the moon. And I mean, how many people have been on the moon? And how many people study abroad in Europe? You know, like that's my opinion. You would go like take out all the Soviet flags and just <laughs> chuck them and javelin them into space. Are there any Soviet flags on the moon? They've been to the moon, haven't they? I don't believe so, but um, yeah, I definitely would go to the moon and play some golf and MySpace picks all over the place. MySpace picks? Mm-hmm. It's a good call. Now, you have a question for me. What is this question? Would you like to read it? Yes. You are offered a brain pill. If you swallow this pill, you'll become 10% more intelligent than you currently are. You will be more adept at reading, comprehension, logic, and critical thinking. However, to all other people you know, and to the future people you meet, you will seem 20% less intelligent. In other words, you would immediately become smarter, but the rest of the world will perceive you as dumber. And there is no way you can ever alter this. Do you take this pill? Well, I don't see the advantage to be taking this. You're smart by yourself, but everyone else perceives you as dumb. And isn't, isn't it really, I mean... How other people perceive you is the most... I mean, it's, if we're being shallow about it. It's not how you write the words. It's how the reader reads them. It's deep. Uh, that's it's very my, philosophical. Thank you very much. It's, it's all... Yeah, I'd say it's perception. I'm skipping that pill. Yeah, I would skip it too. I mean, that Bradley Cooper movie... Oh, yeah. The, Limitless. Didn't it, work out so well for him. Did not work out Now, well. I haven't even seen it, so I'm not spoiling it for anyone. Well, it's I'm like just, The Hangover 3. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Third and final question, and this is called the Dream VCR. At long last, someone invents the Dream VCR. This machine allows you to tape an entire evening's worth of your own dreams, which you can then watch at your own leisure. However, the inventor of the Dream VCR will only allow you, allow you to use this device if you agree to a, sta- a strange caveat. Excuse me. When you watch your dreams, you must do so with your family and your closest friends in the same room. They get to watch your dreams with you. And if you don't agree to this, you can't use the Dream VCR. Would you still do this? Can I also sell my dreams? Because I would sell them as all the best as a box set. Like the best of Philby's Philby's dreams. dreams, the hits. Um, I would easily watch all my dreams with my family and friends. I mean, everybody has dreams, and everybody has the I'm at back at high school, I'm completely naked dreams. They're, but this is something you would want to watch with your family? You naked in high school? No, well, not not specifically that dream, but... But they, have, have to, they get to watch all of them. You don't, you don't I, I understand to, that. You don't get you to don't, pick and choose the highlights. Dreams are your universal experience. You don't have to worry about being embarrassed about things. I mean, I'd certainly take... It would be hilarious. I'll pop the popcorn, all right? Now, let's go off topic a little bit. Do you actually remember your dreams at all? Oh, yeah. Because I don't remember any of my dreams. I remember pretty much 90% of my dreams. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So you'd be comfortable with these dreams playing? (laughs) Well, this is a VCR. I don't know where they're getting this, how long ago these cards were made. 
but fine, best of set, DVD set. Yeah, I'm still, I'll pop the popcorn. Do you think this would be marketable? As <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman playing you in your dreams? <laughs> that would work for me. Master and Commander 2, the master would be the Is it Master and Commander, the Russell Crowe movie? Uh, and, uh, whatever, something along those lines, whatever. Yeah, it'd be the Master 2. Something along those lines. I would buy it with with a free mug of wine. Uh, with a, with free a free wine mug. Wine mug. It's not Joe mug. It would be perfect. Now we've come to the end of this podcast, Philby. What do you got going on this upcoming weekend? I uh, next weekend I will be in Potter County. We have a cabin there with two hundred acres, and I'll be cleaning it out and getting it ready for some camping trips coming up and hunting season. Now, where is Potter County in relation in the great state of Pennsylvania? It's north central. Now, is that near anything? Um, not particularly. It's near the Grand Canyon of Pennsylvania, which I suggest everyone go to in Tioga County. Is that a real thing? Yeah. Have you been there? Oh, yeah. Is it impressive? Oh, yeah. It's great. It's big-time Appalachian Mountains. You know, you think the hills in Pittsburgh are pretty big. You should see the Grand Canyon of Pennsylvania. So you have this big family cabin in the middle of nowhere, Potter County, PA, very much off the grid. What do you do there when you go up there for a weekend? I mean, there's no, there's no cable. There's not even any radio up there. There's one landline, and that's it. There's NPR, and there are some country and Christian stations. But radio-wise, we fish, we shoot clays, we barbecue, we drink beer, we hike up and down the mountain, we fish in the stream a little bit when we have our license, we hike in the stream. I hunt in the fall, um, small game and deer, and uh, it's, it's just a woodsman good time. Now, you're up there by yourself a lot. I mean... What do you do up there to kill the time? I mean, I guess you are actually killing mice, you said, before we started. Yeah, uh, a big-time mice problem. They move in when we move out. Um, but I'd say uh, when I go up, I usually have a mission. I usually, if I'm hunting, I'm hunting. If I'm if it's a summer family vacation, we're usually, we read a lot of books. Um, we do a lot of road trips. We go see the Grand Canyon of Pennsylvania. It's just a relaxing vacation, usually. Now, I heard a story, confirm or deny, that one time when you were there with your family, a great childhood story emerged from this trip. Probably your favorite story. Why don't you tell it to us now? I was a younger lad, and we have a fishing pond up there that's, I'd say... Uh, about a qu- I'd say a quarter acre big, and it's which is bigger than a pond. When you think of the word pond, pond. it's a it's little not bit a backyard bigger. koi yeah. pond, but it is big. It's not a lake, but it's it's a big pond. It's a fishing pond, and it's kind of disconnected from the house. And one day when I was a lad, I walked down there and walked on two young ladies sunbathing topless down there. Did you immediately? crouch in the bushes and observe or was this a no i mean i they saw me i didn't notice them until after they had seen me and it was my jaw dropped it was pretty i mean kate middleton you know that kind of shit happened were they were they startled to see you they ran. up on them i wasn't creeping up on them i was walking to fish i had a fishing rod and a tackle box well to but, them uh... well they were startled though um naturally but um yeah that was what happened that year Fantastic, fantastic. I mean, that, that's pretty much a, a childhood fantasy. The only thing could be better if they were walking out of that pond, just like the movie. Ever since then, the only thing I've run into down there have been other people fishing on our property and bears. So it, I peaked at a young, young age. 
And when you're there by yourself, are you sleeping with a gun right next to yourself? I do have a shotgun near me, yes. But that's just... Well, because when I went up with you last time, I doubted that there would be bears around. Went out late night to relieve myself, and it, there could truly be plenty of bears around in that area. Oh, oh there are definitely bears. I Four out of the past five times I've run into a bear. Now... Explain some of these times that you run into a bear, because this just doesn't happen to everyone. Um, one time I was crouching down to take a picture of a flower, since I'm a botanist, and thought to myself, oh, I wonder what would happen if I ran into a bear at this point. And I looked up, and there was a bear, and it looked at me, I looked at him, he sized me up, I sized up him, he turned around and went the other direction, I turned around and went the other direction, and I've never not gone out in the woods without pepper spray ever again. Um, Would you be afraid to basically mace a bear in the face? Um, is this effective? Is this an effective form? It's more of repelling bears. Uh, according to some studies released, it's more effective than firearms, because then the bear also survives and learns to avoid humans compared to firearms that sometimes don't. Um, you know, you kill the bear, and then that's how they learn to avoid humans. So it's an educational experience for that bear. Hey, I don't want to get maced in the face. I think I should avoid correct this gangly ginger kid spraying it's, mace in my face. I'd say Jurassic Park 2, these dinosaurs have nothing to fear, and then the guy cow tases them, and he says, now they do. And the other time I was hunting, I was Elmer fudding through the woods, which means I'm a city boy, just kind of tiptoeing through the woods and two cubs ran in front of me and I turned around and ran the other way. That was the other time I got super close. All the other times they were just were checking out our garbage pile. Now do you have to hide your garbage like other campers there? We keep it inside and pretty much take it into town and throw it out whenever it gets too much. Have you run into any creatures like snakes or any other such thing? I can't imagine there's too many other dangerous things in Pennsylvania that would pose a threat other than bears. We've never run into dangerous snakes, knock on wood. We've seen porcupines. My mom killed a porcupine with her car because it was chewing off the salt of her car. Wait, she like intentionally ran yeah, over it? Yeah, she ran it over. There were quills. Without and, remorse? Yeah, there were quills in her tire. She was so excited. and um, She was excited to be running over. I, I shot, I no shot a porcupine. No one from PETA is listening to this I podcast. shot a porcupine. Well, I mean, what is the Bowerly's they, vendetta they, against porcupines? They chew on our cabin. They like to gnaw wood. They're like a beaver. Can they you just chew... spray something that makes it taste bad? Like... No, they love salt, and so they've chewed up all of our deck. They've chewed. They chew on pipes. They chew. They were chewing on my mom's car. So she said, "What the hell? Why not?" I don't even think I've ever seen a porcupine. Well, now your mom just took aim. Well, it was underneath her car, and she just hopped in and went and was causing a big kerfuffle. She started uh, honking really loud, and Matt and I were down at the stream. So it was and, kind of like, boys, boys, come and see what I've done. Yeah, and well, we thought she had seen a bear, and we were petrified because we were out in the middle of the woods and heard this honking and shouting and screaming, and she had run over a porcupine. Good for her. Wow, Mrs. Bowerly, everyone. Porcupine killer. Grade A, grade A badass, <laughs> run over porcupines with the, with the family van. <laughs> well, this seems like as good of a time as any to end this podcast. We value your feedback, so please keep letting us know what you think about it. And until next time, keep it sleazy. And thank you for listening.